Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the JPS podcast. This is episode 87 and the third installment of our lockdown series. And in this episode, we have Jackson Pios. But before we get into things, a few bits and pieces and some housekeeping. So firstly, we have just launched the Powerlifting Fundamentals online course. So this is a very comprehensive online course for athletes, coaches, and strength enthusiasts, where we take you through everything you need to know about powerlifting and developing strength. We have experts such as Greg Knuckles, Danny Lennon, Ryan Doris, the one and only Robert Wilkes, and many more contributing to this course. So you're sure to be learning from not just some of the best in the industry, but also coaches and athletes who have a lot of practical experience. So if you are wanting to learn and use your time during lockdown wisely, I suggest you click the link in our description box and check out that course. And also, for those of you who may not be aware, we've just released a free home gym hypertrophy program. So this has both male and female templates for three, four, five, and six time per week training frequencies. And it's a pretty nifty little program. There's customizable exercise selection and also included a 20 minute tutorial video that takes you through how to best use the program uh, to get the most out of it when you're training at home and you can download that for free in the description box below so in this episode uh, we have jackson on to talk about diet and nutrition uh, strategies and interventions during lockdown we talk about uh, protecting against immune impairment and the immune system and then we look at nutrition for immunity some of the myths and misconceptions that people have surrounding that as well as the scientific consensus on nutritional interventions for immune support we then discuss uh, nutritional recommendations for physique athletes and how competitors could and should approach their diet over the coming months, given that we do have the COVID-19 pandemic putting a lot of shows uh, out of the question for many athletes, and also what that means for not just their athletic career, but their physical and mental well-being. So I'm sure many of you are going to enjoy this episode with Jackson. Uh, There's a lot of banter in this one. He's a good friend of mine, and I really enjoyed having a chat with him, as I always do. So without further ado, I present you Jackson Pios. Welcome back, guys, to the JPO podcast, and we are here with the people punching peacock, Jackson Pios. He's got his Hulk mug. He is the Hulk. I think he had a fight with uh, the Razor. Might have slid his eyebrow there for those of you watching on YouTube. He tried to claim that it was a boxing incident. I don't believe it. The gloves seem pretty smooth to me. I don't know if leather can take off hair, but we'll roll with that. How are you, Jackson? It was actually from my mum when I forgot to clean up the dishes. I think it's getting a real hectic here at ISO. Family spending too much time with each other. <laughs> That's it. I can no, imagine good, the Pios family, uh, yeah, getting into fisticuffs, just being all cooped, yeah. cooped up inside. Um, Not and guys, we've got Jackson on today. Uh, most of you should be very familiar with his work uh, because he is one of our residents, uh, contributors to our content. Uh, he's written plenty of articles for us, uh, graphics. He was meant to be presenting at this year's UEBC. Uh, but we've unfortunately had to postpone that until 2021. Uh, so guys, just uh, be aware that number one, UABC is not going ahead. But number two, we will be hosting UABC in 2021 with the same lineup as we had this year. And Jackson is going to be a part of UABC. Uh, so in this episode, I figured it would only be fitting to 
continue the lock uh, the lockdown series and discuss this time uh, nutrition during lockdown. So we're all uh, facing some very unusual, as uh, the word of the week uh, describes it, unprecedented uh, situations of being in isolation, quarantined, uh, lockdown, whatever you want to call it. And for that uh, reason, many of us are going to be facing some very new difficulties and challenges when it comes to nutrition. So we're going to get Jackson on here today to talk all about that. So before we get into uh, the nuts and bolts of what uh, nutrition recommendations you have for people during this phase, Jackson, uh, let's talk about uh, nutrition for immunity uh, because a lot of people have obviously heard about COVID-19 and how that uh, you know, is a, you know, affects the people who are immunosuppressed uh, because that permits faster progression of the viral infection. Um, and that's generally seen the elderly. So people are sort of looking to nutrition as a way to optimize their immune system. But let's first uh, pull it back a little bit and talk about the nuts and bolts of what is the immune system. Okay. Um, so just to explain in pretty simple terms, I guess we can consider our, our immune system as basically our defense network. And it is made up of um, a number of biological processes um, and structures. It's a fairly complex complex network. But essentially what it does is it, is it provides humans or, or other organisms with the capacity to both resist disease and, and fight disease. And generally what we refer to when, when the um, when our defense system or our immune system is under threat is when we're at risk of, of pathogens. Now, pathogens is, is a fairly broad term that can refer to anything from a virus to um, a parasitic worm. Now, when we discuss having strong or weak immunity or immune systems, we can, we can think of it if we want to use the analogy of um, like a country's military defense system with either got a very strong, um, diverse and um, complex defense system that is able to resist attacks, um, resist most of the attacks. Whereas if you contrast that to a weaker military system, maybe a smaller country or something like that, uh, they're more open to, to being attacked and being damaged. So um, I think there's a little bit of, um, misguidance surrounding whether you, this immunity boosting sort of concept. We can't really boost our immune system. There's no such thing as, as like a superhuman immune system. But, but what we can certainly do is we can bolster our immune system and we can make sure that our immune system is maintained. Um, because like, like you touched on, if our immunity gets suppressed or, or we start regressing back to a weaker defense system, we are more susceptible to, to um, threats by, by these pathogens, including viruses like COVID-19. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, if our immune system is our military against uh, pathogens, uh, we obviously want to strengthen it as much as possible. And you touched on briefly there, uh, some of the confusion people do have. Uh, so what would your advice be for people who are looking to sort of maximize every variable possible to ensure their immune system isn't compromised 
um, through nutrition if they were able to do that. Uh, so what would your, your advice there be? Yeah, okay. Um, so to basically give us the, the strongest defense system possible, uh, we do want to be eating, basically uh, the easiest way I can describe it is like a rainbow of different uh, fruits and vegetables. Now that, that sounds furfy to a lot of people and that sort of sounds like something grandma tells you to do. Um, but when you actually do look at the research, it's quite convincing that the people who are eating lots of fruits and vegetables, they tend to be um, healthier than those who aren't. And that's because these fruits and these vegetables, they're far more dense um, in certain nutrients, vitamins and minerals that are necessary for our immune system to function optimally and to resist these viruses and bacteria. Now, the, the nutrient composition of fruits and vegetables, that's, that's rarely achieved in commercially processed foods. So um, if, you aren't, if you aren't consuming a high intake of, of fruits and vegetables, it's unlikely that you're going to be getting the necessary nutrients for your immune system to, to function optimally. Now, some might say, oh, well, okay, if I don't have fruits and vegetables, I'll just take a vitamin supplement. Now, that can be effective if you are deficient in one or more um, micronutrients. And there's pretty comprehensive research that vitamins A, E, and C, if you're deficient in any of those, supplementing can have a positive effect on immunity. But what the research also shows is if you're getting a fairly complex and broad diet with a varied intake of fruits and vegetables from different sources, it's very unlikely that you're going to be deficient in those nutrients, um, those vitamins. And adding a supplement on top of that just really doesn't seem to do anything because like, like I said before, there's really no such thing as, as boosting um, our immune system. We can have it at baseline as strong as possible, but we can't really sort of increase it linearly with, with supplemental aid. Um, so in terms of other nutritional strategies, there's pretty good research to suggest that protein deficiency uh, can really cause a whack to our immune system. Now, this is because low protein intake is um, known to basically our immune system and, and their mechanisms within the immune system. They rely on the production and replication of, of active protein compounds. And if you're protein deficient, um, it's just not going to allow those processes to, to function. Um, so a lack of essential amino acids coming from protein can result in this impaired response by what we call a humoral immune system and, and humoral immune system is, is basically just our immunity that is mediated by um, our extracellular fluids which secrete the, the antibodies and the macrophages that actually fight the viruses um, directly. Now in terms of other issues and strategies, if you're just trying to tick all the boxes, um, there's pretty good research to suggest that um, energy restriction or, or dieting um, is, is significantly suppressive of the immune system. So given the circumstances that we're in right now, this is probably not the best time to be dieting. Now, things get a little bit confusing because people like to pull up research that shows energy restriction increases life expectancy and things like that. But when you look at um, the research on energy restriction with athletes, 
um, it's it's extremely clear that that those who are going through weight cuts or, or those who are going through fairly significant diets, um, they are at greater risk of sort of going through illness, and that's been shown in a number of studies. So, um, if you're concerned about your immunity and you want to give yourself the best chance to basically not get this virus that's going around or um, not infect the others around you, um, probably not the best time to be trying to, to pull a bunch of fat off. So maintenance is probably the best idea to go calorie wise and potentially um, a, a surplus if you're looking to put on a little bit of muscle. Um, just thinking about other food considerations. Okay, another one is comes down to our, our fat intake. Now, there's two ways to look at our fat intake when trying to bolster our immunity. So on one side of the coin, there is pretty solid research to show that our immunity is dependent on our omega-3 intake. And not only that, but the ratio of omega-3 to omega-6 intake. Now, omega-6 fat, fats are extremely easy for, for everyone to get into in their diet. Even with fairly poor diets, they're gonna get a, a decent amount of omega-6 fats. Um, omega-3 fats are more difficult to achieve and you're going to have to be a little bit more precise with your nutritional choices if you're wanting to get an adequate intake um, of omega-3. And in that case, if you're not open to eating regular fatty fish throughout the week, omega-3 supplementation is probably a, a pretty good option. Now, so that, that could be taken as, okay, so a higher fat intake is conducive to a stronger immune system, but that's not actually the case because there's been a whole number of studies which have shown that a very high fat intake, not just omega-3, but total fat intake, um, can also um, basically weaken um, our immune system. Um, and so, so th this is important, this is especially for this situation, because um, it means this is a, a really not a time to, to get lazy um, with our diets and slump to more um, junk style foods, which I think is extremely realistic for a lot of people. For one, um, they might not have access to a gym. Not, well, no one has access to a gym, but maybe they don't have access to a, a, a fairly decent home setup. Um, and maybe that's taking a, a hit to their, their motivation to just be adherent to any sort of program. Um, and on the other side of the coin, there is, I know personally, I've experienced there's been a, a diminishing supply of fresh produce at the shops and you sort of have to time it quite quite um, cleverly if you want to be able to get your um, your fruits and veggies and your, your chicken and and meat and a number of times I've been there and and not been able to get the things that I want so if our access to fresh produce is compromised um, couple that with a decrease in motivation from not being able to do your regular gym program and, and sort of sit under the, the heavy loads that you used to, this can quickly spiral into, well, what's the point in having any sort of program whatsoever? I'm just gonna go on the twisties diet for, for a few months until this thing settles down. I'll just clean this stuff up later. Um, so basically what that means is, is it's fairly easy for people to head down the, the track of, of a really high fat intake during this time. Um, and I, I would hesitate to guess that that's probably reality for a number of people um, specifically in the first and maybe week or two um, following the lockdowns. So um, keep that in mind that, that there is solid research to show that a, a really high fat intake um, is actually going to work against your immunity. So there, there's a good reason to be 
um, controlling your fat intake as you would if you had um, normal access to a gym and, and following your regular program. Yeah, a lot of really good points there. So I guess uh, to touch on some of the, I guess, really common kind of go-tos for people uh, when it comes to supplementing or strategies for their immune system, the old sort of go-to uh, advice for just cold or flu, not necessarily not the novel uh, coronavirus, uh, to supplement with vitamin C, vitamin D, and you know potentially uh, zinc uh, and other sort of home remedies like this. Um, what's the consensus on the literature for those uh, in terms of just like their, their immune supporting benefits, if any? Yeah, so vitamin C is a big one because they, they get massive amount of um, coverage by the media in regards to sort of defense against the common cold. Um, but when you look at the research on vitamin C to, uh, to support immune function in general, the research is actually quite unclear. Um, and from memory, the, the largest and most recent meta-analysis to date, which is sort of the collection of all the studies that have been done linking vitamin C to immunity, they actually showed that um, with human studies involving supplementing, supplementing vitamin C, there was only immunity improvements in people with the lowest baseline intakes of vitamin C within the cohort, and this is cohort of thousands, remember. Um, so it's fairly unlikely that unless you've just been a really big asshole with your eating, it's fairly unlikely that you'll get any sort of benefits um, from vitamin C supplementation. Um, now zinc is, that, that's another a common one that's thrown around a lot. And um, if we're talking sort of from a mechanistic standpoint, zinc actually is the most important mineral with respect to immune function. And we know this because zinc deficiency is known to cause um, these things sort of decreased T cell function, which are helpful for our immunity. Um, they impaired antibody response, which is another sort of um, defense we have against pathogens and depletion of macrophages. Now macrophages are, are basically, um, they're called phagocytes, but they're these cells that um, basically go and bind to the pathogen and sort of basically, if I say in simple terms, eat it and consume it. And that's one of our, our greatest defenses against um, virals in our system. Um, but with all that said, um, required intakes of zinc to be sort of non-deficient or have adequate intake, um, it's really easy to achieve through a moderate balanced diet. Um, so as long as you haven't slumped the sort of the, the Nutella and white bread diet, um, you're probably going to be absolutely okay. And, and, and zinc um, supplementation is probably just not going to be um, necessary. Iron supplementation is another big one. Um, and there is research to show that on both sides, iron deficiency and iron excess, they can increase chances of infection. Um, but it's also, we also need to remember that there's a really big range of iron intakes for which the body can function normally with, with, a, with a healthy immune system. Um, but I'll just caveat that by saying that if these sort of this very unique situation that we're in at the moment, if it's being accompanied by sort of a massive drop in, in your red meat intake and, and your consumption of um, leafy greens, which are the, the foods that are highest in iron, um, which is fairly 
pragmatic considering that, that we are sort of, we have less available and less access to all these fresh produce. Um, it could be possible that, that if sort of your previous intake of red meat and, and green veg has gone down substantially because of that, um, you might be at risk of a deficiency and you could potentially rectify that um, with an iron supplement. Um, in terms of supplements that actually probably do have some value, like, like they probably have a, a weak rationale for any use of those, but ones that I actually do think have a reasonable rationale is um, glutamine. Now glutamine has been bashed because it was originally um, promoted as this bodybuilding supplement to um, enhance muscle growth, and that was largely shown to be pseudoscience and it was debunked um, frequently. And, but when you look at the, the glutamine research over the, probably the last 10 years, um, there's fairly comprehensive evidence to show that um, glutamine does sort of promote immune function and, and it does this by promoting uh, immune cell proliferation. Um, and there's been a number of st studies that I can remember that have shown glutamine supplementation to reduce infection and improve um, recovery time. Um, just off the top of my head, in one study, they added glutamine into a sports drink. Um, for a, a cohort of athletes and, that, and they showed that that was able to decrease the, the incidence of infections like colds, sore throats, blues. Um, and I think it was in a group of marathon runners compared to the runners who were just having the, the sports drink alone. Um, so I think it's fairly um, safe to say that glutamine probably is effective and more so effective than, than vitamin supplements, assuming you're not deficient. Um, and it can be particularly effect, uh, effective if you are sort of already affected and wanting to um, improve or, or reduce your um, recovery time. So if, if, if you're really trying to look for the one percenters and, and really make sure that you, you have no holes in your immunity, glutamine could be um, a good one. Um, another one that's sort of, it's seen as a bit of a hoopla supplement is L-arginine and um, fairly uh, contrasting research for arginine as, as like a muscle, uh, as a bodybuilding supplement uh, through the concept of um, increasing nitric oxide levels and um, dilating blood vessels to provide more nutrient um, transport and more oxygen um, transport to the working muscles. That, that, that's basically the theory of arginine supplement, um, arginine as a performance aid or a performance supplement. Um, that's, um, I'm, that's less clear in the research, but there is some pretty good research to show that because arginine is the precursor um, of nitric oxide, nitric oxide um, is an important molecule that's involved with macrophage function. And remember, macrophages are those things that go and bind to the pathogens to basically kill them. Um, so it could be possible that, that arginine um, is a useful supplement um, to enhance your ability to, to fight infections if you're really trying to, if you're really worried about this and trying to do everything possible that you can. Awesome. And in terms of now what people can do given their individual circumstances, and uh, we'll caveat this and say that obviously everybody's going to have quite unique situations that are going to be very context dependent, but we can, we can say with pretty decent amount of certainty that physique athletes aren't going to be able to compete for the near future in most countries, uh, in most federations. 
and same goes for a lot of powerlifters, strength athletes. Uh, what should they be looking to do during this time to ensure that, uh, say, they are in contest prep? Let's give it a bit more uh, context here. Say somebody's in a contest prep for a bodybuilding show um, and their show's been called off. What do you suggest that they do now, given that they're most likely going to be pretty lean and they're going to be sort of just uncertain with what they should be doing? Hopefully, they've got coaches who are navigating this stuff. but. I know you've got some athletes who were or are looking to compete. So what have you been doing with your guys and girls? Yeah, so um, I think the m most important thing to say, and I, I just say this because of, of, I've had um, five clients who originally were supposed to have shows around the, the April, March, April, May time, and, and they haven't been able to go ahead and, and just just conversing with them over check-ins in regards to where their psychology is at, at the moment. Um, now is definitely not the time to say, sort of, fuck it and, and what's the point because gyms are closed and you can't compete and things like that. And that just seems to be um, a very common theme that seems to be penetrating the psyche of, of some of these bodybuilders who are sort of, they put, they basically gone to hell and came back and they didn't really get any reward from it um when i say reward their, their goal that, that was pushing them through the last six eight ten weeks of suffering that there was basically the light of the end of light at the end of the tunnel has now been um squashed in a, in a, in a sense um now obviously they, they still would have um learned a lot during the prep and now they're in great shape and things like that but um they they still are and I completely understand they are still quite salty and bitter about it. Um, so the first thing is to, to not sort of throw caution to the wind and just say, well, things didn't happen how I planned it, so I'm just going to give up. And Because the, the place that the, the brain is at post-show, um, it's just, it's, it's primed for massive amount of fat storage and, and energy storage and um your psychology is twisted to, to to push you with a massive drive to eat and it doesn't take much um in terms of your internal dialogue to convince you to just be like all right i'm just gonna have mcdonald's and eat till i feel dead um it doesn't take much to cause that sort of spiral especially in these situations so stay positive and keep in mind that gyms are going to open up again and competitions are going to come back again and the people who don't at least try to manage these next weeks months of lockdowns and change situations the people who don't try to manage that effectively they're going to seriously regress and when they come out of this they're going to be up against competitors who potentially did manage this time effectively and did their best under the um under the testing times and there's potential for you to fall back from your competition substantially. So that's what I've been trying to tell with my athletes is, is there's going to be two types of people in this, the people that sort of say, okay, this is not what I planned, but I'm going to do my best anyway. Or if you like, uh, like go down and dumps and say, what's the point? Um, I'll just start again when things um, go back to normal. There's going to be a massive gap in, in regression or progression between those two groups of people. So um, it's important that you choose to be on the right side of that spectrum and, and to, to, doing your best with your gym and your nutrition under these circumstances. Now, and then uh, following on from that, um, as I said, now's probably not the time to be to be dieting. So if you were, if you did have a show in mind and that didn't go ahead, 
um, and it's realistic for you to be able to look for a show in maybe the next six or, or seven months, um, I would suggest moving up to a maintenance phase fairly quickly. Um, once it's actually, it's I've actually found that with these competitors, it, there is a small blessing in all of this because post show there is a massive desire to go out with your buddies and have burgers at restaurants and go out to the city and have a dessert sort of um, dessert adventure of donuts and ice cream and things like that. And that, that's just not viable now with the, with the lockdowns and, and with the restrictions put in place. So I've found that it's obviously we still have the Uber Eats and things like that, but there's less potential for these extravagant um, binge days I've found. Um, so that can be one plus side um, for some people. Um, but I would suggest going up to a maintenance phase and if you do have a show, maintain a fairly lean condition and try and get to a calorie level by your coach or by yourself where, um, yeah, you, you still will feel some hunger because you are lean and, and your condition is the biggest predictor of your appetite. Um, so acknowledge that you're still going to be lean for a while, but eat at a, at a, a sort of a sustainable level where um, it's going to maintain your condition and then when things open up, you'll be able to jump back into a back into a comp prep straight away and you're probably only going to need four or five weeks um, before you're back on the money. Um, for those who, like for those in Australia, we often only have two seasons of shows per year. Um, it's probably more likely that you should go into a maintenance phase and, and run some sort of recovery diet where you get yourself back to a place where you're eating a sustainable amount, not feeling ravenously hungry, um, not feeling overly food focused, and then probably progress um, into a conservative lean gain phase um, from that point and just do your best through the home gym setup that you, that you do have and, and be ready to sort of jump straight in when um, things resolve to normal. Yeah, I really, I really like that approach. I think you're uh, on the money there. The current landscape of our living environment and arrangements are super conducive to doubling down as a bodybuilder and just, you know, doing the work. You know, you don't have the social distractions. You don't have the pressures of people like, you know, inviting you out to places or, you know, turning down food. Like you really sort of are in control um, of your environment uh, so much more that it, it is a period where you can really put in some good work and make some good progress. And I think, um, yeah, with the right attitude, it's definitely one that you can use to your advantage if you uh, see it as such and don't let the uh, show be something that squashes your motivation. And I guess uh, you'll agree with this, Jackson. This will kind of separate the boys from the men and the, those who are serious about their sport because when the carrot that's dangling in front of you gets taken away from you, um, you know, those who are serious athletes will keep on running, keep on doing the work. Um, you know, they don't need that carrot there because they love what they do. So some really good points. And yeah, I think that I'll just sorry. jump with a couple of small little points. Um, uh, you make a good point there. Like the athletes with the intrinsic motivation that are doing sort of some sort of physique journey because they want to, and they want to get better and things like that. They'll be okay in this. The athletes that only really have extrinsic motivation, some sort of external goal, like a show or a trophy or something like that, those are the ones that, that are going to get hurt a little bit like this because they don't have that extrinsic motivation anymore and that can quickly sort of translate to a 
sort of a, a sense of feeling lost and, and not really having a purpose anymore. So um, if you can find that intrinsic motivation in yourself, um, I think the guys will be okay. And just as a final point, um, it, it, it's probably common knowledge, but um, we are probably moving around a lot less than, than what we were used to. And so just factor that, factor that into your um, energy requirements and how much you're eating to just understand that, that yeah, you put your step count and things like that um, and your needs probably probably going to be taking um, a little bit of a chunk and that might compromise how many sort of your your caloric allotment at the time um, or you can easily um, remedy that by just sort of going for extra regular walks and things like that so just make sure you're not sort of sulking on the couch and um, watching 50 episodes of anime in a row like I'd like to be doing. No, I really like that point. And you did bring it up in your article for bulk nutrients on the role of nutrition uh, for immunity. And guys, I'll link that in the uh, description box below in the show notes. So you can check it out because there's a lot of really cool points that uh, Jackson touched on in this episode in that article. Um, and I know that we got you on here to talk about nutrition, but since we're on the topic of exercise, why is exercise super beneficial during this period? Because you did mention uh, some of the benefits it does have for um, you know, immunity in that article, Jackson. So do you want to touch on those? Yeah. Um, so it's, when we're talking about immunity for um, so exercise for, for immunity, there's, there's basically a spectrum. Um, if you're exercising too intense and you're actually smashing yourself, you, you look at the research on, on sort of really high load, high intensity, um, high volume training, that tends to be immune suppressive. Um, but moderate, moderate exercise, that actually tends to have a, a positive effect. Um, so it's basically a, a dose-response, dose relationship, um, a dose effect that's going on here. Um, so moderate exercise, um, the benefits of that is um, it tends to cause improvements in our, basically our white blood cell count and, and our antibodies. And those are the things that, that that help to resist or fight disease. So if we've got more of those in circulation, basically we've got a, a more manned front line or if you want to keep running with the military um, analogy. Um, there's also some suggestion that, that the increase in body temperature um, from exercise can help prevent the bacteria from sort of growing and multiplying. Um, so if you can basically squash um, the rate that they're, that they're um, replicating is tended for sort of less severe symptoms and potentially a reduced um, recovery time. And that increase in bodily temperature to fight disease is basically the, the reason why we have fevers. So exercise is basically sort of just a controlled fever. Um, it's also suggested that exercise can slow the release um, of some stress hormones. Now, fairly likely that stress hormones are going to be um, at all-time highs and a lot of people, especially if they're sort of under financial stress and job stress and things like that. So exercise just to sort of um, sort of calm down some of these stress hormones. Um, More of a therapeutic and, and type of uh, activity than a, like a workout where you're training to achieve an end goal, just something for a bit of therapy, so to speak. Yeah, exactly right. Because um, what we see in the research is some some of these um, stress hormones, when 
when they do get to really high levels, they, they increase the, the chance of illness. And that's, again, why we see in some of the, like, the really crazy exercise studies where you're actually getting a massive increase in stress hormones where you're just sort of overtraining and, and, and killing yourself. That's um, when immunity can sometimes um, be suppressed. And then just as a, as a final one, um, exercise just might open up the airways, open up the lungs and help to flush um, some of the bacteria um, and potentially some of the virus um, away. That, that's, that's a less conclusive point, but I have seen it speculated in some actual um, review papers on immunity. Now, just going back to that, um, the therapeutic point um, that you said, because it has just made me remember something. Um, and it, it, it sounds like some hippie magic, but um, it's actually it's seen in research studies that a positive mindset can boost, can sorry, I shouldn't say boost, can bolster your immune system or maintain your immune system. Um, so having a positive outlook at this time, which might be, might be hard to do, um, could be really helpful. I, I remember one study that was in law students from memory. Um, it showed that their immune system was directly affected by their thoughts about their studies. If they felt that things were going well and they had a positive outlook, they had a stronger immune system. And when they were worried um, and sort of had a negative outlook, their immune system actually sort of deteriorated. So um, under these circumstances where um, there's large potential for a negative mindset with everything that's going on and a feeling of sort of lack of control of everything that's happening around us, um, a reminder that a positive outlook has significant merit for um, sustaining our immune system. It, it is probably a worthwhile note. Yeah, for sure. And exercise can certainly facilitate just more positivity and like an improved mood state. Like there's, you know, a lot of research that sort of supports that as well. Um, so mm -hmm. I think, um, yeah, there's definitely some merit there. <laughs> um, all right. So guys, that's all we had with Jackson today. I told him a really funny dad joke and he burst out laughing, but it's um it's not g-rated so we had to take it out of this episode if you guys want to know about that uh dad joke you'll have to follow me on instagram and check my stories uh but jackson <laughs> where can how good was that little segue <laughs> uh, where can people find you to learn more about you and uh check out your work um yeah best spot to get me is just on instagram at jackson pios um whatever i'm doing is, is usually usually posted up um, on there. Um, I will say I've got a number of research studies in the works at the moment, um, some fairly exciting ones as well, um, and they'll be posted up on my research gate. If you just search my name um, through that website, you'll find all my research work there. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on, and guys, hope you enjoyed. We'll speak to you all next time. Thank you, my friend.